You're listening to the Manifest Massively podcast with Nicole Renee Ray. Welcome to the Manifest Massively podcast. I have a human design expert joining me today. Her name is Irina Prokofieva. She resides in Finland, which I'm super excited about because I feel like it's really bringing on the energy of a global community here. So those of you that are new to human design, we're going to let her in a few moments talk about that. So Irina, why don't you share with us who you are, introduce yourself, say whatever you feel called to say. Thank you very much, Nicole. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. So my name is Irina, and like you said, I live in Finland. I was born originally in Russia, and then we moved to Finland a long time ago, and I met my husband here, who happens to be Spanish. So after we got married, we moved to Spain, and we lived for like 10 years in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And then we moved back here to the north, to the darkness. I am an economist by education, so I actually come from academia, and I've been working in academia for around 15 years. And at some point of time, I started wondering if that's actually the work that I want to do for the rest of my life. And I went to learn more about psychology. I went to study life coaching. I did a few coaching certifications and I stumbled in 2017, I stumbled upon human design. So I used to be like a huge fan of astrology. I knew astrology since like very little, you know. And when I stumbled upon human design, I remember my first reaction was to pull up the chart for myself and to read like whether that makes sense. And so I read about myself and I was like, that's not me. That's not me. Like it has nothing to do with the person that I knew myself to be. And that was back in 2017. And so I said, okay, like this is not. The true system it doesn't have any sense. It doesn't resonate with me at all. And I forgot about it completely. And that was actually like the year after I went through a very intensive life coaching certification and we were coaching so much and I was coached a lot. So literally, like I came out at the end of that year, I was a completely different human being. And that was when I sort of got back again into human design. And I said, okay, let me look at it again. And that is when like all the bells started resonating. So one of the things that I wanted to say with this is that sometimes we don't resonate with the system because there is so much conditioning and so much shoots that we see ourselves completely like from a distorted perspective and human design tells you who you are at the core. So I think this is the beauty of the system to really discover yourself at the level of who you are, like what are you designed to be before society told you who you should be. And I remember for me, like that was a big aha moment. And the second aha moment and the thing that actually pulled me into human design was discovering that my husband was a reflector. And back then, and I'm talking about like 2018, there was no information online about human design. Like there were selected teachers that, that were practicing human design for ages, but there was not such a big like hype about human design as there is now. And I remember when I was thinking about like, what, who is my husband? Like he's 1% of the population. And there was literally no resources to find out about him. And so I said, okay, okay, let me dive in and let me learn about this system so that they can understand the person that is living under the same roof. And that is how, like how everything has started. And now I've been in human design for what, like five years. And it's really, it's a really fascinating system. And I think it's a very empowering system also for all of us to know. And so for those listening that are really new to it, you mentioned that your husband's a reflector. So that's his type. So there's five types. And from my understanding, you can confirm there's generators, manifesting generators, manifestors, projectors, and reflectors. So those are the five types. And then of those five types... Like Katie was saying, the reflectors are the absolute 
smallest populations of people would have their chart be or their auric field really be a reflector, right? Exactly. Yes, exactly. Let's start from the beginning. Human design is a system that tells us how our energy flows, like how we how we feel the energy inside of us, whether we have a lot of energy or little energy, and then how we interact with the world and also with the people around us and how we interact with life in general. Like how do we get into the flow of life with our order? What is our role in society among all these people, you know, because there are, like you said, there are five types. There are some types that are more prevalent, like generators or manifesting generators. Both of them, they account for 75% of the population. So this is like a huge majority of people who have this sacral energy. So these are this, like people who are always doing something, the builders, they are called the builders of the society because they are always creating something. They have this endless energy and endless life force. And when these people are living to the best of their potential, they actually ignite the rest of the population, the rest of the types with this aliveness, with this vibrant energy, because they are really like sparkling and drawing everything to them. And then we have other types who are not, who don't have the sacral energy, who are not designed to work like projectors, for example, we have like 20% of projectors, about 8% are manifestors and 1% are reflectors. So projectors would be the guides. They are not designed to work this typical nine to five work and perform at the top of capacity every single day, 24 hours a day. They are designed to guide. They are designed to, they have the capacity to see what is the best use of energy for those generators and manifesting generators who are so like excited and doing the things that they love. So we need someone who will say that, okay, look, your energy would be best used for this and your energy would be best used for that. And this is why we have projectors who are showing the way. And then we'll have the manifestors who have a completely different energy. They are the innovators, the trailblazers, the activators. They just get these ideas from the universe. They download it and then they spring into action. They don't need to wait for anything. And the rest of the population sees that, okay, like here's, here's, here they go. Here they have started something. They have started a new project. Let's support, let's support them. Right. So this is like the, the interaction between the types and the reflectors are unique in the sense they sense the energy of everyone and they are sort of like a glue that keeps everything together. And uh, people usually like don't, don't realize that the reflector is in the room until the reflector leaves the room mm. because they amplify the energy of everyone else. So they reflect the energy that everyone else is projecting. And so there is much more movement. The energy moves faster. And so when they leave, the whole energy in the room calms down and it's sort of like people start separating, you know, because the glue has disappeared. Wow. And that's one of the fascinating things of the reflectors also, because they are like, they are the mirrors of the society. And they, by looking at the reflector, whether the society in which reflectors is living, whether the society is healthy or not. And how healthy it is, because like you will see it on the reflectors. If they are happy, then it means that the society is happy. If they are sad, it means that something is seriously wrong with the whole society. Wow. So it's really interesting how like this these types function and how they interact between each other. So before I knew that I was a projector, I was a massage therapist, which required me to do a lot of physical work. And I was drawn to it actually, because I knew at like 17 teenage years, I knew I was a healer. Like I knew that was part of my purpose or path. So I started studying energy work first. And then I got into massage therapy because it felt like a practical extension. Well, going back to what Irina said about conditioning, I'm like the classic, I think most work society, especially American society, is like we're all conditioned to live like generators. Work, 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 do, 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 do. And so for 15 years, 18 years, that was how I lived because it was like 
massage is the type of it's like trading time for dollars and I had to do the physical work to do that and then as I was completing that career within the couple years I learned that I was a projector and I thought well no wonder for the majority of that time I was having to drink coffee all the time to maintain my energy and I had adrenal burnout and was constantly trying to get myself to like push to keep going because as a projector that natural energy wasn't there and then no wonder I built these close ties with my clients they loved hearing what I had to say they loved being in relationship with me because that that projector type has the ability to really like penetrate so learning my even just my human design type and there's the depths that you can really get with and I know you know this but you know for those of you listening if you're if it's new for you there's like full rabbit holes you can go down with it but even just understanding my type helped me to start shifting how I was living my life and it's kind of funny I didn't even realize until you just started sort of describing the types because I now am so much better at delegating. Like I have people helping me around my house. I have people helping me in my business. I'm not trying to do everything. So I just didn't notice some of those differences that just understanding my type, sort of implementing these things a little bit at a time. Kind of back to, I want to go back to what you were saying where when you first learned about your type and you were like, oh my gosh, this isn't me. And then you go through this coaching experience where you go through your own growth sounds to me like these layers of who you thought you were of what you thought was important to you sort of peeled off and I think that's so important to highlight because I think a lot of people don't realize that there's so much conditioning that goes on just being in this world just being in society just being part of a culture and then there's the familial ones and the conditioning that we get from our caregivers and so what I heard and what Edina described was that all of that was going on for her. She, her, her actual type didn't make sense. She went and did a bunch of work that really, we'll say deprogrammed. I know human design uses the term decondition and then went, oh my gosh, I'm so much more clear on who I am. And that's why now my chart actually does make sense. So would you say that human design is really a system that helps you like live true to yourself? Yes, I would say, I would definitely say that. And referring to what you said about like human design really is really a complex system. So I've been learning it now for what, five, six years. And there are still so many things that are completely new for me, you know, because you can get into really nitty gritty details of everything like there are certain planets on both sides. Each planet can be in six different lines. So there are like endless interpretations. But I think the most important thing to learn about human design is really the type and the strategy. Because these are like the type strategy and authority. Like these are the big three in human design. So these are really important because once you get, for example, that you are a projector, and you realize that you are not designed to work hard. It's okay for you to take rest. You are not supposed to compete with anyone and to be the most hardworking and the most productive person because the way that you are productive is, is a completely different way from me as a manifesting generator being productive. So I produce something like physical with my hands and you produce more by guiding or by creating ideas or generating some sort of harmony in the places where you are, like also activating other people with questions, what I was telling to you before. So it's, it's different, you know, the way that we describe productivity is completely different. And in the same way, like we describe success differently. So for every single type, there is a way in which they can become the fullest expression of who they are by removing the conditioning, because just like as projectors, are conditioned to be more like generators. Generators and manifesting generators are also conditioned. Like there is a lot of conditioning towards just do it, this manifestor type energy, just do it. But generators and manifesting generators are not designed to just do it. They have to 
respond to something that prompts them to take action, not just come up with an idea and start running with that, because this is when we will bump into the into the obstacles, right? It's going to be harder. It's not that we will not be able to do it. It's just going to feel harder. And in the same way, like, for example, for me, what I discovered back then in 2017, when I discovered human design, it was more the conditioning that just because you have so much energy, you can do everything. And so I was doing everything. I was doing everything for everyone. And generators and manifesting generators are designed to do those things that truly light them up. So whenever you are not living in this energy of this is my thing, I can do it for the rest of my life, then you are actually depleting your light force. So this is when you are dimming your light because think of like generators and manifesting generators, they are like little sunshines. They are like little suns. So if you are putting a cup on, on your sun, then you are not radiating this life force energy. And all the other people cannot use this life force energy. So we are doing the disservice to ourselves because we are completely burnt out and frustrated. And we are doing the disservice to the rest of the people because they cannot use our excess sacral energy that we create when we do something that really lights us up. So there is a lot of conditioning in that way. For projectors, we said it's overworking. It's trying to compete with everyone else, trying to be the best, like the hardest working, the most productive, the most valuable, indispensable employee in the corporate world, for example. And for manifestors, the conditioning is so interesting because they are really the people who can just like do whatever the heck they want. They get an inspiration. They have this energy urge, you know, the energy come, comes and they go and they do things. But the conditioning is sit still, wait until I let you, don't do anything until I, I give you the permission to actually take action. So That's lots of, lots of manifestors are actually angry, like they're, they're the themes of each type and the, the theme of fester is anger and why they are angry because they don't want to be controlled mm-hmm. and there is so much control like don't do these things don't move and it comes from childhood because if you think about it like a manifested child probably would get an idea okay like i'll just take my bike and then just go biking around and they wouldn't say anything to anyone and if you think about a five-year-old boy just biking around and the parents are completely scared. Where is my son? Where did he go? And of course, when he comes back home, what happens? You, should, you shouldn't have left. Sit yeah. here and don't move. Next time, you tell me. You're not allowed to do X, Y, and Z. And so all of this conditioning happens from like very early years. And when we discover our type, it's usually such a huge relief. I do a lot of readings and like, Lots of people that come to me for readings, I would say that they are sufficiently self-aware already. So it doesn't come as as such a giant revelation as it came to me back in the days. But it's usually the way that they describe it is that I feel now at peace. Mm -hmm. I feel that all these things that I thought were wrong about me are actually what make me unique. And I'm actually supposed to be this way. I don't have to fight it. Because we have this intuitive knowing like what's right for us. We just fight it our whole life until someone comes and validates. And human design is the system that can validate lots of these things that you think are wrong about you. This is one of the reasons that I really felt it's so powerfully connected with the process of manifestation. Because if it's a system that's really designed to have you really shine your true self, your authentic self. And when we are in that true authentic self is usually when we're experiencing the most joy, the least amount of resistance. Those are some basic principles in manifestation. I feel like it goes together so well that really you can become more powerful with manifesting in your life by releasing some of these conditioning and therefore utilizing your authentic natural 
energetic system, how you naturally run with creating the desires and the type of life that you want to live. Exactly. Yes. Because shipment design, one of the things that it teaches us is how to make things happen in a way that is more aligned for us and easier. Let's say there are, we have two choices. We can live in alignment with our design and we can live out of alignment with our design. You can be successful both ways. The thing is that what's the cost of that? So when we live out of alignment with human design, the cost of that is usually burnout. And the fact that you have to exert too much effort to get the things that will maybe not even make you happy in the end. It's this whole idea of climbing the ladder that is leading to the wrong place. So that's the cost of living out of alignment with human design. And when you live in alignment with human design, what happens is what we call manifestation, because the whole idea, like the way that people typically think about manifestation is that I just think about it and it pops up. So there is like the piece of doing the work is not there. It's not stressed. And I'm not saying that this is the, the, the way of seeing the manifestation, but I can see how it can be so because when you're living in alignment with your design, the work that you do doesn't feel like work. So you don't feel that you are suffering or you are pushing through or you are doing something that costs you blood, sweat, and tears. And this is why we feel that, ah, it's so easy because I just do what I love and then things happen for me. And what we miss is this piece that, you know what, you are actually doing the things that you are supposed to be doing. And this is why it is so easy for you. So you're still taking action to manifest something, but it just feels so easy. And this is when we say that, yeah, it's manifestation, it's magic, it's easy, it's effortless because you are totally living in alignment with your design. And then of course, we will have to look at, like if we want to go more granular, we would have to look at the strategies of each type. That's exactly where I was going to go. So there's three things we talked about types. And then definitely go into the strategies. And then what was the third one that it's kind of like? The third one is the authority. And it is, it's the way that we make the decisions. And they actually go hand in hand with strategies. Yeah. So I'll dive first in the strategies. And then I will let you like see if you want to take it into the authority as well. So if we look at the strategy, like let's start from the manifesting, from manifestors. Investors, their strategy is actually to inform people. And this is the only strategy that is so-called constructed strategy. They don't really need to have any strategy at all, but because manifestors are the type of people that get the inspiration, like they get this divine inspiration and immediately after that, they feel the energy to do something in relation to whatever idea they have just become inspired about. And so the whole point of informing for manifestors is to avoid friction and to avoid obstacles on the path of them putting this manifestation into practice. So let's say they got an idea and they start working on it. If you didn't let, for example, your wife or your kids know that you will be working on these things, chances are they will come knocking at your door and they will interrupt your creative flow. And that's when you will be like, oh, my creative flow has been interrupted. It has been cut. Now I cannot tap into it again. So one of the reasons why manifestors would need to inform others is so that you just like clear the path. You know, people know that you will be not available now for three hours because you are doing like you're creating some magic in your room. The other reason for manifestors to inform is because they will not be able to have, they will not have enough energy to actually complete most of the projects that they start. And they are not designed to complete them. That's also like a huge thing for manifestors to realize that just because you have an idea doesn't mean that you have to take it from point A to point Z. You can drop it at point N and you can delegate this task to someone else. But for that, you have to actually inform people that this is what I'm doing. Because there is the whole bunch, 75% of generators and manifesting generators who need to respond to something. 
So when the manifestor says, look, I'm working on this project, maybe someone else will jump in and say, you know what? I know how to do X. I can help you with this. Okay. So that's like the interaction. That's the way that we interact. So for manifestors, this is a constructed strategy. So they inform because they need to clear the space or they need, like you gather support. This is the way to gather support. Now we go to the generators and manifesting generators. The strategy of both generators and manifesting generators is to respond, responding to something. Now, what are you responding to? You are responding to something that exists in the physical world. You are not responding to your own idea. You are not responding to your own hunch. You're responding to something that you can sense with five senses. You see it, you smell it, you taste it, you hear it, or you can touch it, right? So it's something that is physical because our sacral can only respond to the physical. It cannot respond to an idea, right? So we need someone, we need to see a sign. And once you see the sign, you start moving. For manifesting generators, since they are sort of like a blend between a generator and a manifester, the second step is also to inform. So first you respond and then you inform. Yeah. That's the way that we get, that's the way that we get in the flow of life. So it's not about, I just got this idea and now I started running with it. It's more about, okay, I got this idea, I flagged it, I write it somewhere in my diary, and then I start looking for the signs. Is the universe sending me the sign that this idea is ready to be manifested because I think this is so important. Sometimes we think that all the ideas that we have are supposed to happen, but maybe it is not supposed to be manifested yet, or maybe it's not you who is going to bring it to life. So following the strategy, responding to the signs is actually our way of conserving the energy and not wasting it on all the thousand ideas that you get. But actually investing it only in those ideas that are mature enough. I talk about mature, mature ideas. Like an idea is mature when it's ready to be manifested. And that idea is going to have some sort of, leave us some sort of signs in the universe. And then we can respond and we can take action. For projectors, the whole thing is about being invited. So you are invited into the bigger things like I think this is also like a giant, there is a giant misconception about the invitation for projectors. You don't need to be invited in like every single thing. Your home, for example, you don't need to be invited in your home because that is your home. For example, if you have your podcast and you have an idea about something, you don't need anyone's invitation to tell you that, yes, Nicole, go ahead and do that because your podcast is your home. Your business is your home. Your blog is your home. Your Instagram is your home. So you don't need the invitations to do things in places that you consider your home. Where we do need invitation is for the big things like big relationships, partnerships, long lasting friendships. If you are looking for a job, because that's going to be permanent, the place where you are going to be. This is also like, we need an invitation for that. But once you get the invitation and the invitation feels like it's coming to me, it's personalized. It's not like some sort of mass email saying something random to like a bunch of people. The invitation comes to you. It is specific. It has your name. It has your surname. The person that invites you sees you and you feel recognized and seen. When all of these conditions click, that's the right invitation. And then you can say, okay, now I consider, does it feel good? Yes or no. And this is when you would use your authority to decide. So for, for projectors, it's invitations, invitations and these big things, but outside of those big things, you are free to do whatever you want. So you just listen to your authority, be it emotional, be it intuitive be it whatever authority you have, like the majority of projectors actually have is an emotional authority. So there is this emotional clarity that comes at some point of time when you feel like that feels like the right decision. And then the other big proportion of projectors also have splenic authority, which is this instant 
intuitive knowing that this is the right thing to do. And you don't necessarily know how to explain these things to other people. I think it's like one of the challenging authorities for projectors. Others can also have splinter authorities because it's just like knowing, little knowing. How would you describe that? I'm curious. It is absolutely a knowing. I always feel it somewhere in my stomach. It's like a, and it's like a hollow energy. Yes, it just is. You just know. It's almost like a claircognizance. It was just. Yeah just is yeah 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 but it is very subtle and so that's why it's it takes practice and I even still will sometimes get in my head about it a little bit and it's not something that exists in your head at all the splenic authority is very much more in alignment with that gut feeling that gut knowing exactly yes and I think that's like the challenge for lots of people with the splenic authorities the fact that you just hear it, it's sort of like unknowing, but then it passes. It's not like a permanent thing that sits there. It's something that you just know in the moment and then it disappears. And it's so easy to get into your head and then start reasoning with yourself and start intellectualizing. Should I really do it? Let me just write the list of pros and cons and let me just put everything on paper or wherever you are putting it, or just like obsessively think about it in your mind. And then you lost this moment. And usually the way that we recover this knowing is if we make the decision and then it turns out not to be like the best one, let's say. This is when you know, ah, okay, yeah, now I remember that I actually felt that that was not the right thing to do. And I personally don't believe in the fact that there are right things or wrong things. But there is this thing that mm, I shouldn't have done that, you know, mm-hmm. there was a different option and I should have opted, opted for that. Yeah. So was it really in true alignment? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So to recap, so we went over the five types. So, so for those of you that are listening that are really new or maybe just starting, you know, the main sort of the broad perspective to understand is definitely your type and then your strategy. And so Adina went through for each type there is a different strategy. So for manifestors, it's to inform. And then for generators, it's to respond. And then for manifesting generators, it's a combination of both. They're going to respond and then inform. For projectors, it's about being invited. So projectors aren't necessarily the ones who are like the big initiators. They're the ones that are I really like how you distinguished too that when we are at our home, we don't necessarily have to wait for an invitation, but when we're out there, like you said, in those external relationships and jobs and maybe certain client relationships, it is more of that waiting for invitation. And then what was the strategy for reflectors? For reflectors, it's waiting until they develop clarity. Uh, so a reflector is a different type in the sense that sometimes the way that human design describes the strategy of reflectors can make it sound as if reflectors are really indecisive because the human design says that it takes like the strategy of a manifestor is like to get to the clarity and it takes about a month to develop the clarity on something. So for them, like the strategy and the, the authority work hand in hand because they have like the same, then they have the lunar authority and the strategy comes together blended there. The way that it actually functions for reflectors is that whenever a decision is, it's sort of like premeditating the decision. So if something is not important, they can make a decision instantaneously unless there is like lots of pressure. So for example, let's, let's take an example. If you are a reflector and you are going for, let's say lunch, or you are working, walking around New York, looking for places to have dinner. If someone gets that sometimes you have these people that are working for the restaurants and they are waiting for you at the door and they say, oh, come to our restaurant because we have X, Y, and Z. So if you find the reflector in this situation, most of them, they will feel pressure because that person is now telling me something and I have to decide something really quickly. If a reflector in that moment feels pressure, chances are the decisions is not like the decision is not going to be the right one. They will regret it. They will regret it most of the time because there is the pressure. So they need to have the capacity, the ability to make whatever decisions they are making 
without any pressure, without any external pressure. And then the way that it happens is that at some, in some moment of time, usually they talk, they need to talk it out with other people. It's called the sounding board authority. Some of the projectors, I think there is like 1% of projectors who also have this authority. So it's verbalizing the thoughts that you have in your mind and you are just saying them and you are saying it to someone who can just listen, right? So it's not about like asking advice or asking for any opinions or anything. It's just verbalizing your own thoughts, taking them out of your head and putting them into the words. And for reflectors, the way that it happens is that by talking to people whom they can trust, they can hear themselves develop the ideas. They can see the reaction that people have. And maybe people will give some input, which doesn't mean that the reflector has to take it on board, but they just see how it lands with other people. And so they develop and they shape their own decision. And in some moment comes the clarity. And they say, yes, like this is how it is supposed to happen. And sometimes it, like the whole process takes months. And sometimes the whole process is so quick because they already know this is exactly what they need to do. This is exactly what needs to happen. So for reflectants, that would be the way that they are like flowing with light. And then with the allowing themselves this space, and no pressure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I actually have the pleasure of knowing a reflector and having met one. That makes a lot of sense. Everything you said about them. And so the authorities are emotional authorities, splenic authority, and then you'll have to continue. Those are the only ones I know. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest, the biggest group would be the emotional authority, like about 50% of people have emotional authority and every single type except for reflectors can have emotional authority. So we can find emotional manifestors, we can find emotional projectors, we can find emotional generators, and we can find emotional manifesting generators. And basically with emotional authority, the biggest advice that I would give is not making decisions when you feel some sort of emotion. Okay. So whenever you feel hyped about something, you know, this feeling like, yes, 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 yes. This is a huge red flag for anyone who has an emotional authority. Because chances are like in human design, they talk about emotional waves. So the waves go up and the waves go down. And whenever you are on the top of the wave or whenever you are on the bottom of the wave, that's not the moment of, for making any decisions. And that is typically the thing that people do. So whenever you feel hyped about something, that must be the sign that this is a yes. If you have an emotional authority, that's actually the sign that you should wait until tomorrow, you know? The other thing, and this is what I'd see with entrepreneurs, because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs, is when they are low on the emotional wave, this is when they get into, my business is not working, my niche is not right, my messaging is not right, maybe I should change my offers, maybe I should change the way that I do everything, maybe I should change my website. So this is like when they tend to do things just to escape this sensation, the feeling that they are experiencing. And that is not the moment of, for making any type of decisions at all. You just go for a walk and wait for, I don't know, one or, one or two days until your emotions calm down and you can feel clear about it. And the feeling of clearness, it almost feels like a difference. I have an emotional authority and now like the way that I do it, I'm just like, wait, if you're hyped about something, let's wait. And sometimes it takes, depending on how hyped I am, it can take a few hours or it can take a few days. But then when I come back to this decision, I ask myself, okay, do I still want to do that? And if I feel this, it's almost indifferent. I could always say, doesn't matter. But I still lean towards yes, that would be the yes. It's not this hyped yes. And it wouldn't be a hyped no. So that is... And this, the same thing works for everyone. So everyone who has an emotional authority, just wait until you calm down. Someone is make, asking you a question and you notice that there is some sort of emotion comes up, some, some sort of emotion comes up, wait. Okay. 
There is a little caveat that I would like to add is if the decision doesn't create any thing at all, like let's say they ask you, do you want an apple or a banana? Whatever. It doesn't matter. If it doesn't create any emotion, like you can make a decision instantaneously. And also the other instance when you can make a decision instantaneously is if you have already thought about it. So let's say you are dating someone for five years and you know that the moment that they will propose you, you will say yes. So when they propose you, you may be hyped and you might have like lots of emotions, but you don't need to wait for a week. You can actually give the response right there in the moment because you have already thought about it. You have already arrived to the decision. So yes. these would be like the two exceptions. The other sh group of authorities would be the sacral authorities. And I'm honestly like so jealous of people who have sacral authority. So the people who have sacral authority would be either generators or manifesting generators. And it is this gut feeling tells you basically yes or mm. It's typically nonverbal, so it sounds like uh-huh or uh-oh. So, and you usually feel it as a upward energy, like an energy that goes up from your belly. The good thing about that, and it can feel in the same way almost as the splenic authority, what we were talking about. The difference is that with the sacral authority, you can ask the same question 25 times and you will always get the response. With the splenic authority, you will just hear the response once if you are lucky, if you are paying attention, and then it's done. Like it's sort of like your body is telling you, I already told you, you know? <laughs> yeah. You should have listened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So with the sacral, it's so simple because it's clear, it's a clear yes or it's a clear no. And when it is not clear, it just means that you are either complicating the question. So the question is too convoluted. Let's say, like, it has to be a yes or no question. If you are asking, for example, your sacral, where do we go for holidays? Do we go to Italy or do we go to Spain? You cannot ask this thing because like your sacral cannot say Spain. Your sacral will say, but to what? Or if you are asking, okay, like, do we go to Spain next summer and we will spend our three months and we will see X, Y, and Z people. There is too much information because maybe I want to go to Spain, but not in the summer, or maybe I don't want to see those people. And maybe I don't want to stay that long. So we have to split the question into things that your sacral can say very easily, like respond to something. Sometimes people say that I'm confused about what my sacral is saying, and they are confused because the question is too big. And sometimes the answer is not coming because maybe you just don't have enough information because like I said, the sacral needs to respond to something that it has some sort of sense of, you can sense it in some way. So if you are talking to me about going to India and I have no idea how it is to be in India, before my sacral can make a decision, maybe I should go online and look at some pictures or maybe I should hear some stories of other people visiting India. So that the sacral has something to work with. So that would be also the, like the tip there would be gather more data, gather more information so that your sacral can actually say something about it. And then we have the splenic, the splenic authority, and we have some minor, more like much, much less common authorities, the ego authority, the self-projected authority, the mental authority. These are, they have variations. But the biggest thing is that it's more about listening to yourself, yeah. either verbally or listening to your desires or listening to what is aligned with your values. So like all of them are more about like listening to yourself, except for those mental projectors that I have mentioned already, and they have a similar process as reflectors. They need to speak it out with someone. They will come to the decision. You can see how there's so many layers to this system. And I, I feel like when I first started learning about the different aspects, it could be easy to get a little overwhelmed. So if you're listening and you have that experience, just know that it, the layers really start to make sense. And they sort of almost want to say like fold on each other. Like when you understand your type and then then you understand the, the nuances and the, the details about that. And then 
you start to understand your strategy and your authority, and then that kind of starts to make sense. Then you can move on to like the the not self, which is another really great guide to help you understand when you're not in alignment, when you're not really being your true authentic self. And then, of course, yes, this can go into channels and gates, and it can get very, very detailed. Each individual's chart, just like each individual's energy and aura soul is very, very unique. So that is one of the benefits of getting a reading with someone because certainly you can go to mybodygrass.com or I think Jovian Archive and you can pull up your own chart. You can definitely start to explore yourself and then you can get a reading with someone who will actually, someone like Irina, who will go through each type and then also go through each channel and gate and some of these more specified, more in-depth pieces of you and your unique self. And you can apply this to simply your life. You can apply it to your business and how you operate in business and your work life. You can apply this in your relationships, just like when you start to understand like Irina was saying earlier, she wanted to know, well, what, what's my husband's type? It's usually one of the first things that was the same for me. I was like, well, what is my husband? And what's great about that is when you start to learn about the relationship piece, you start to understand how your energies support each other and where maybe they can not support each other. And then that awareness actually helps you make adjustments for yourself or inside the relationship. You're then at, having access to power over it versus, you know, versus just being at the at the hell or being like the victim of it. So if you are drawn to this at all, I mean, I think we can both say we're going to encourage you to go for it because there is just so much in it that even if you're someone who you're like, gosh, I don't know that I could dive into every deep detail, that's fine. Understanding some of these broader pieces are still going to be absolutely valuable to your life and to your manifestation practice. I feel drawn to ask you, Irina, you say you you were, obviously you do readings, so you'll do human design readings for people, but you said you work with a lot of entrepreneurs. So those that are listening that most people do have a job or they're running a business, how do you work with your clients around this? And also how do you see when people understand their design how does that impact their their level of success and their level of joy in their work life? Yeah, no, that's a good question because human design, like you said, it's really, you can apply it everywhere. And I would say also, like, for example, for parents, understanding the way that their children are designed is extremely important because sometimes we, just like in relationships, like with the partners, we can unknowingly condition people and condition our kids to be someone who they are not and we wouldn't want to do that so for me for example like I have three kids and the first thing that I did I was like okay let me check the biggest points where I can condition my kid and where they are different from me like which are the areas in which they are different from me and it's easier it's much easier to accept them for who they are once you know that that's not some sort of of character but that is just like the way that they are designed to be and then we can encourage them also to use their strategy to use their authority when they are making decisions and we can avoid like projecting our own conditioning or our own way of being onto them because we know where this conditioning can happen so i think like for relationships and for parents it's extremely important now, in terms of and in terms of the way that I work with human design, so I work primarily with entrepreneurs. So entrepreneurs are the people that tend to come to me. And the way that we work with it is really integrating, leveraging their own design for their business. And human design can give us and i'm not going to go like in details here but human design can give us so much insight into the way that we are designed to create our business what could be the topic what could be the niche for example like that is the biggest thing you know like finding what are your superpowers what are your 
gifts that you are bringing to the table? What could be your niche? What, why people are coming to you? You know, and of course it depends on the type of business owner that you are. I typically work with coaches and consultants. So people who provide services to others and you are in direct communication with them, with your client and you are offering some sort of service to the client. So the whole interaction between two different types is really important and understanding where you are seeing, like how you are functioning with your clients and how your what your clients are expecting from you is also important. It can also give us lots of insights in terms of how we build communities, which kind of leaders we are. Are we supposed to speak on a stage or are we supposed to build our Facebook group and just interact with people in the Facebook group? Or maybe you are the type of person who is not designed to interact with others like openly, conventionally at all. Maybe you are the type of person who is designed to do your own thing and you just impact other people by being an example. And you think that, okay, like I'm not a community person. I'm not a leader because I do it in a different way. So there are so many different layers, but I would say that the most important one is really like understanding yourself, understanding the way that you function, understanding your gifts and talents, your strengths, and also being mindful of what are the challenges, like what are the shadows of the energy that you don't necessarily see and how how they play out because it plays out at the level of like it's almost like learned behaviors and when you realize that okay like let's say my learned behavior is that i tend to fix people then you have a lot of sense of this responsibility for somewhere and you have you tend to over deliver over protect over obsess and that is eating your energy so when you lose the energy with these things like of course, your business suffers. The way that the best results that I can see is like, and it's really amazing when I see clients. I love, for example, working with projectors. Some of my best projectors, they would say that, you know what? I just work much less now because we reorganize the whole business model, we rebuild everything and like they can reach much better results. They double or triple their results while doing less work and delegating much more because they recognize that, okay, like this is the thing that I really want to keep for myself and the rest I delegate. So there is a huge relief. With manifestors, the best result is when they discover that, you know what, I'm actually a manifester and I can just like do whatever I want and I can really position myself as the person that is the trailblazer. I'm the one who is the creator. I'm going to do that. So when they step into this power, it's really incredible. I had manifest manifested clients who have launched their podcasts, who have never spoken on the stage and who went and ha who just like did it, who got amazing opportunities on TV, you know, because they just followed their design. They followed the nugget. So there are so many amazing benefits to that, like understanding how you function, because it's more about tapping into this joy and ease by not lying or anything, not faking, but actually being more of yourself. So it's a double benefit because you get the results faster and you feel much more fulfilled because you become more of who you are supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You're not forcing. So yeah, like the benefits are amazing, honestly. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I, it's so funny because I was going to ask you, like, what have you seen, you know, with your clients and you just went right into it. And yeah, I just, I mean, in general, being able to create results and see transformations, but particularly with human design, it's this, it can feel very abstract and it's technically a newer system, right? It's not like astrology or, and yet when you really start to dive into it, it, it really is. And you share this all the time. Like, you, you know, there's even memes about projectors finding out that they're projectors or, you know, and I just heard it, what you said about manifestors. My husband's a manifester. And I feel like he, in the last like year, and he started his law practice a little over a year ago, and it was such a manifester thing. He just was, this is what I'm going to do. And it just went, right? So when you see somebody operating in true alignment, fully expressed as themselves, having done the work to decondition, 
it it really is this magical, magical thing, which is why it's just so worth talking about, worth educating people about. I mean, it could be the thing that really solves something for you that you've been dealing with for who knows how long. And then all of a sudden you learn something about yourself and you're like, oh my gosh, it just becomes a game changer. Exactly. So, yeah. Because lots of things become possible because you get control over your own energy. You know how it works. You know, there are so many places where we are completely blind to where we are wasting our energy or where we are suppressing our energy because deconditioning of human design means removing the blocks from the places where we are trying to pretend to be someone different. And that sucks so much energy out of us. So when we stop doing that, we get energized and all this energy is then channeled into something creative because all of us are creative in our own way. So when we are channeling that into something creative, so many things become possible. And when I look at my clients' transformations, really, like, and I even look at my own, just like the way that, for example, my business functions. And also like the way, for example, that my husband is growing. I just see so many synchronicities start happening because when you live in alignment, like I was saying, you know, like you get in flow with life. And so lots of synchronicities start happening around you that you didn't even expect it. And this is what we speak about. Like when we speak about quantum jumps, quantum leaps, that's essentially what it is because like our mind thinks that you have to go through the points A, B, C, and Z. But maybe if you just get into the flow and you really tap into your energy, you can jump from A to Z. And you don't even have to go through all this, like the other letters of the alphabet. Because you just jump there. And you jump there because some opportunity lands for you. And maybe you, you meet a person or you, you receive an offer or you receive an invitation as a projector. Or you just land an idea as a manifester that takes you in a completely different direction and suddenly things open up for you. So that's the magic of it. It's, it's abstract and it's everything that you want, but the results can be so amazing. Really mind-blowing. Yeah, that's such a good, such a good description of it. Well, if people want to find you, follow you, work with you, where is the best place for them to find you? You can find me on Instagram, definitely. And my handle is I am Irina P. So I really will put it in the, in the show notes so that you Absolutely. can easily find it. Absolutely. And uh, I also have a website, irinaprokofieva.com. So on that website, there is a free resource. If you are just starting with human design, I would definitely recommend there is a free resource that goes over the most important elements of your type and describes you practical tips because I'm a very practical person. I'm just like, give me the tips so that people can integrate it, the basic things. So there is this free resource with information. You will also find information about my courses and the programs and everything that I do, the readings and everything. So you will find all this information on my website also. Perfect. Yes. And I will link all of that in the description and the show notes so you can find and work with and get a reading from Irina and go on your human design journey. You definitely won't regret it. Okay. So what does manifest massively mean to you? Oh, that's such a good question. <laughs> that's such a good question. To me, manifest massively would actually mean manifest easily and effortlessly. It's for me, that would mean when things come to you without you feeling like you're working for it, when it happens by magic. And I know that it sounds very strange, but I've experienced so many moments in my life when things have just happened, like they just click without much sense. And for me, that is what it would mean. Manifest magically would be, manifest massively would be that, you know, like when you get something that you didn't even expect was possible. It's amazing, amazing question. I love it. I love it so much. So thank you so much for listening today and we will see you in the next one.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can let me know what you thought about it by leaving a review. It really does help the show. And I love to know how the podcast experience is for you. And if you are looking to dive deeper into manifestation and be a part of a community of women who are also up to creating their lives consciously, you can join the Manifest Massively Inner Circle. It's just $7 per month. There's a library of mini courses on all things manifestation, intuition, and mindset. And of course, I host live group calls and more. I'd love to see you inside and I'll see you in the next episode.